Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Governor Gavin Newsom hoped to raise his national profile in last night's unusual debate with the Florida governor. Ron DeSantis hoped to reverse the downward trajectory of his presidential bid, a fact that Newsom attacked mercilessly. And by the way, how's that going for you, Ron? You're down 41 points in your own home state. But whether last night's event, moderated by Fox host Sean Hannity and billed as the Great Red versus Blue State debate, brought anything of value to the two men or American democracy, well, we'll hear what you and our political roundtable think after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. It's rare for two elected leaders who are not running against each other for anything to meet in a debate. But that's what Governor Gavin Newsom and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis did last night in Georgia for what Fox's Sean Hannity billed as the Great Red versus Blue State debate. DeSantis even came prepared with paper graphics, including a map claiming to show the amount of defecation on San Francisco streets. In the last 10 years in California, the homeless has gone up 45 percent. It's gone down in Florida 45 percent. But it's caused a huge problem with quality of life in in California. The people that flee always bring up this. They've really empowered lawlessness and drug use. Governor Newsom, for his part, came prepared with zingers. You and President Trump are really trying to light democracy on fire. So, Sean, there are profound differences tonight. And I look forward to engaging him. But there's one thing in closing that we have in common is neither of us will be the nominee for our party in 2024. So what did the clash of two rising political stars from two of the nation's biggest states reveal about issues like democracy, homelessness, abortion and our political moment. Joining me to discuss, Taryn Luna is a reporter covering Governor Gavin Newsom for the L.A. Times. Taryn, so glad to have you on. Thanks for having me. Joe Garofoli is also with us, senior political writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. Hi, Joe. Good morning. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Well, thanks. Glad to have you back. And Melanie Mason, senior political correspondent covering California politics for Politico. Melanie, always good to have you on as well. Hi, Mina. Glad to be here. So maybe we should start, Melanie, by just reminding listeners how this debate even came to be. (laughs) 
Well, it, it first came to be because of this somewhat bromance that we saw between Governor Gavin Newsom and Sean Hannity. Uh, Newsom earlier in the year had an interview with Hannity um, that I think by by all accounts, most people thought went very well. There was a lot of kind of um, playful sparring back and forth. But but Newsom really showed himself to be a pretty deft defender of President Biden. And I think he really wants to prove himself as a strong surrogate for the Biden-Harris team next year. And I think because of what seemed to be a lot of goodwill when this suggestion came up of a uh, uh, DeSantis-Newsom debate, I think that Newsom thought, hey, my pal Sean and I, we could have some good entertainment. And I, I would really like to know what uh, Newsom thinks about his pal Sean um, today after this debate. Um, but that was, I think, where the, the genesis of this all came from. Yeah, I noticed that you used their seemed past tense in terms of goodwill, which makes me wonder why you might say that. What struck you in the debate that you might think Newsom might be thinking twice about now as to whether or not he got played by Hannity in any way? Well, look, in the lead up to this debate, Hannity really took a took effort to say, this is not going to be a two-on-one debate. This is not going to be DeSantis and Hannity versus Newsom. But I think that objectively, if you're just looking at the types of questions that were asked last night, this was a lot of, hey, Governor Newsom, California is terrible in all of these different ways. Explain yourself. And then, hey, Governor DeSantis, California is terrible in all of these different ways. Why don't you tell us why Florida is so much better? I mean, it was just the, the asymmetry in the questions, I think, was was really apparent. Um, and I think that we sort of saw that in, in some of the frustration, perhaps, that you saw from the governor, um, Governor Newsom, over the course of the night, um, it, it, you know, it wasn't like Hannity necessarily was particularly vicious towards Newsom, but you certainly didn't have the jocularity that you saw from some of their previous interactions. Yeah, and I want to dig into more of how that debate was moderated, but first, I want to get some more impressions. Uh, Joe, how about you? What was your reaction to the debate? I know you were questioning the point of it before it happened, and I'm curious how you feel about it now. Yeah, well, I, and, and uh, I, the debate was large, was was worthless. Let's let's but you have two people who are debating who are not running for the same office debating. So it really matters nothing in terms of electorally. What I was watching for were two things. Number one, uh, Newsom is the number one surrogate for Democrats this year. He's he's their attack dog. He's the id to uh, Uncle Joe Biden. So he's they want he wants to be uh, the Democrats want him to be forceful and articulate, and we all know uh, the governor is hyper-articulate, especially those of us who grew up with him in the, in the Bay Area. So I was watching for that. And also, we have never seen uh, Gavin Newsom uh, debate and face-to-face, not on Twitter, uh, an A-list Republican. Uh, you know, he, and with all due respect to uh, uh, John Cox and uh, 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 Brian Dolly, State Senator Brian Dolly, his, his previous opponents, uh, but they're, they're not A-listers, let's be real. So I was watching for that. And uh, on, on, on the debating part, you know, as the, the mechanics of debating, Newsom was very good. You know, he always comes to prepare with the, a, a bag of uh, facts and figures. Uh, and he thinks well on his feet and such. Uh, now, in terms of the attack dog, he was also, uh, for the most part, a, a, de- a, a solid surrogate. Uh, he shined on issues in, in involving abortion and such. Uh, and then, but uh, on some of the California questions, uh, not so much, but we can, we can get into that down the road. Yeah. Taryn, what about you? What was your main takeaway? I think in the days leading up to the debate, you started hearing more from the Newsom camp about DeSantis's ability to debate, right? So it was clear to me that there was maybe some effort to start lowering expectations a little bit, but then I did pull up clips of him debating in his gubernatorial re-election, uh, you know, a couple years ago, and he did pretty well. So I think that 
perhaps one takeaway from this is DeSantis is a deb better debater than a lot of us kind of anticipated. I think that going into it, I think the talk in Democratic circles was that Newsom was going to wipe the floor with DeSantis. And at the end of the day, I think it looks much more like a draw for both men. I think their bases claimed that it was a win for both of them. Um, so I think it, you know, I think it served both of their purposes, but I think it was a little interesting to see how DeSantis handled himself. Yeah, both of their purposes when you were able to hear them, when they weren't cross-talking. Um, there were, as you say, Joe, some hope that you would hear a strong articulation of democratic values, maybe a strong defense of Joe Biden's record. And Newsom did attempt to do that. But it also seemed like they were definitely hashing out things that led to their initial rivalry in the first place, kind of looking back, especially with how much attention was paid to the way that they handled COVID. And uh, Taryn, do you just want to remind us the different approaches the two governors took? They started similar in the beginning. I think Florida had a state home order for, a, you know, a few minutes. Um, it was much briefer than California's. They essentially took two very different paths after that. Newsom really leaned into science. He leaned into this collective belief that everyone was going to sacrifice for those who were at risk. And so we had business shutdowns and we restricted gatherings. Florida took the opposite approach. It was very much about personal freedom, um, about ensuring that there were no vaccine mandates placed on people by businesses or schools. And it really became kind of the opposite, polar opposite of how Newsom governed. And so they became... Uh, kind of firebrands for against one another for the Democratic Party and the National Party. And I think that really put them on course to be on the stage yesterday. Yeah. Well, let's hear how that played out a little bit on that debate stage. Of course, he's imposed restrictions on his own people while exempting himself from those restrictions and going to the French laundry while his people were suffering. Let's talk about your record on COVID. You passed an emergency declaration before the state of California did. You closed down your beaches, your bars, your restaurants. False. It's a fact. You had quarantines. False. You had quarantines. You had checkpoints all over the state of, Cal uh, of Florida. By the way, I didn't say that. Donald Trump laid you out on this. Dead to right. You that's did that. True. You followed science. You followed Fauci. That's, Ron not, that's not false. He followed science. He true. followed Fauci. You and were promoting. Joe, French Laundry, that came up, wow, in under a minute? Uh, oh, French Laundry was out there in the first 45 seconds, uh, by my count. And that was, there was two French Laundry uh, references. Uh, and, and, and we know what the French Laundry is, and I think a core of the Fox viewership knows what it is. But I mean, do, do, do most of America know what that refers to? And he also threw out a couple of references to uh, Los Angeles District Attorney uh, George Gascon as a reference to progressive prosecutors and when they were talking about crime, it was also here in San Francisco as well. But I don't, I mean, this, a lot of this was playing to, as, as you referred to earlier, their bases. Um, and a lot of it was uh, unlistenable, uh, even though this was like a, you know, a fake debate. Uh, a lot of the uh, trappings and the, the worst parts of, of the debates we watch all the time were still there. And namely, people talking over each other. I, I wish that they would have... Uh, you know, just uh, allowed each other to speak a little bit. Uh, Hannity kept saying, uh, I'm going to allow this debate to breathe, but it was choking on its own vomit for most of it. 
Yeah, this listener writes, usually Gavin Newsom holds his own, but not so much in last night's debate. Aside from the moderator's inability to stop the participants from talking over each other, Gavin could not defend statistics that did not work in his favor and went after DeSantis on his disgusting social policies. Listeners, if you also have thoughts, please feel free to share them. Did you watch last night's debate? What did you think? Did you think this helped or or hurt the two men? Was good for California or good for the country? You can call us at 866-733-6786. You can email forum at kqed.org. You can find us on Instagram, on our digital community, on Discord, and our other social channels at KQED Forum. The moderator comes up again. And Melanie, as you pointed out, a lot of the questions were very loaded. It was like, here's a stat that shows California in a terrible light. Let me first go to Ron and say, how do you explain that terrible stat about California, Ron? But there was this other moment when I think um, it it really was extremely clear and even further cemented the fact that this was not going to be the quote unquote neutral debate that, that Hannity promised. And this is when he put a question about President Joe Biden um, to both of the candidates in, in terms of pre- the president's cognitive abilities. Uh, let's hear that. I will ask you, Governor DeSantis, Joe Biden is experienced what I believe to be significant cognitive decline. And in other words, it's the toughest job in the world. Is Joe Biden experiencing this uh, cognitive decline? Is it a danger to the country Do you find when he speaks, what is your reaction to it? Yes, he's in decline. Yes, it's a danger to the country. He has no business running for president. We're coming up on a break, but really quick, Melanie, what's your reaction to that? Well, I mean, I think journalism 101 is how you frame a question is probably going to, you know, yield the answer that you the, that you want. And I think that that was a perfect example. You know, Hannity teed up the question, knowing exactly what answer he wanted, and DeSantis supplied exactly that answer. Yeah. Do you think there was an agenda there, Taryn, in terms of what he was trying to do? I think it's hard to watch it objectively and not think that there is an agenda throughout the debate. We're talking about last night's Fox News debate between California Governor Gavin Newsom and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis with Taryn Luna of the L.A. Times, Melanie Mason of Politico and Joe Garofoli of the San Francisco Chronicle. And with you, our listeners, we'll have more after the break. Stay with us. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. An unusual debate against two governors, Governor DeSantis of Florida and Governor Newsom of California. 
tried to do several things for the two men. DeSantis was hoping to get the lone spotlight as a Republican presidential candidate on a national stage. Newsom was trying to bring his record, his Democratic values, and his charisma to a national and conservative audience on Fox News. But what else did it accomplish? Listeners, what do you think you can tell us at 866-733-6786 by emailing forum at kqed.org or posting on our social channels at kqed. Uh, at KQED Forum. You can also put your questions to Melanie Mason of Politico, Taryn Luna of the LA Times, and Joe Garofoli of the San Francisco Chronicle. Did you watch last night's debate? What did you think? Did you think that it was a good way for the governors to portray their home states? Did you like the way that California was portrayed? If you've lived in Florida, how did you think that state came off? Do you think Newsom should have agreed to do this? There are a lot of people who are wondering now whether he should have. Should DeSantis? Newsom isn't running, he insists, but if he were, would you want a president, Newsom, given what you saw last night? Call us again, 866-733-6786, and let me go to Michaela in San Francisco. Michaela, you are on. Hi. Thank you. Um, I was list- My husband and I were listening with dear friends who live in San Diego, and about two-thirds of the way through, I texted them and said, this is painful. And my friend responded and said, turn it off and get a root canal instead. <laughs> wow. Well, Bye. yeah, that, that, that about, so, I mean, painful is how I felt. It's funny, actually. That's the first thing that I also wrote to my team. <laughs> but at the same time, I have to say, There were some moments that were substantive or where you could really see some policy differences, exchanges that did show something that you could hear as a real articulation of different values that were defensible. And I am wondering, um, Joe, if you could tell me what was the most substantive exchange last night in your view, or at least one where you felt like, yeah, I think there was a message that got out there that the the viewers, the audience may not typically hear. Well, I think that the most substantive uh, discussion was about abortion rights. And that was a message that the Fox viewers, which was the primary audience, uh, was uh, doesn't hear a lot, and they they and Newsom uh, was pressed on whether he would allow ab- uh, abortions uh, or support abortions all the way uh, to birth, and um, and he tried to answer that question, and then he uh, but he also uh, outlined how uh, DeSantis's uh, view on abortion is uh, at six weeks. He signed that law, and he and DeSantis sort of hesitated about about sort of explaining himself there. Um, and so that, that, that was, you know, in a, uh, you know, if, I, if you have to reach, that was the most substantive uh, discussion I saw there. And that is going to be a primary issue um, across the nation uh, in House races and Senate races and in the presidential race uh, this year. So that that was something that I think the core viewership of Fox probably wasn't exposed, isn't exposed to a lot. They aren't exposed to a lot of differing opinions on that. Well, so let's hear a little bit of Newsom going after DeSantis on abortion. So extreme is your ban that criminalizes women and criminalizes doctors that even Donald Trump said it was too extreme. Taryn, what did you think was the most substantive exchange? 
I agree with Joe on that. I think that they tried to push Newsom to effectively say that he was in support of extremely late-term abortions. And Newsom made it clear that those only happen in very rare instances to protect the health of the mother or protect the health, um, to protect the mother. And I think that he did a good job of flipping it on DeSantis and really defining where DeSantis stood with the six-week ban. I think that was a smart move in a lot of ways because while this ban might help him in a primary, it doesn't play well across the country. Um, the issue of abortion, you find that a lot of Americans are in support of allowing abortion to be legal in some or most cases. So I think it's a troubling policy position for DeSantis. We understand why he took it. He's running to the right of Trump here in this primary. But I think it was smart of Newsom to flip it on him. Yeah. And, and I do think that there were a couple moments when Newsom did a good job of flipping, particularly when they were talking about freedoms. This was when DeSantis was going after California and, and painting it as really just a, a place, a terrible place to live and going after him around the issue of homelessness. And, and then Newsom sort of flips that. So let's hear a little bit of that. California does have freedoms uh, that some people don't, uh, that other states don't. You have the freedom to defecate in public in California. You have the freedom to pitch a tent on Sunset Boulevard. You have the freedom to create a homeless encampment under a freeway and even light it on fire. You have the, the freedom to uh, have an open air drug market and use drugs. Well, I love, the, I love the rant on freedom. I mean, here's a guy who's criminalizing teachers, criminalizing doctors, criminalizing librarians, and criminalizing women that seek their reproductive care. You're making it harder to vote. You're banning books. I mean, spare me this notion of freedom. The Sissner writes, I think Newsom did great under the circumstances, and it was refreshing to see him on a national stage. At least he, unlike so many Democrats, is doing something to confront the false narratives Republicans are presenting. I can see him as a presidential candidate easily. Melanie, not sure if you want to respond to that, but also would be curious to hear what exchange you felt was most substantive to well, I think, I mean, obviously, the I think that the listeners' observations are interesting. And you did see that on, on Twitter, right? I mean, there was kind of, or, or X, I guess we should say, that there was, when you're talking about sort of the very online left or the very online right, both sides had sort of these moments that they could latch onto, clip into viral <laughs> videos, and then disseminate. And I think that that, at the end of the day, is really what both governors wanted to accomplish. It actually doesn't really matter what happened in that full 90-minute debate. It happened what could then be packaged later on. And I think both of them had those moments that they could use. I think in terms of substance, actually, the homelessness exchange was stood out to me for another reason. I think the way he turned it was smart politically. But then afterwards, I think that he did something that maybe his political advisors didn't necessarily love. But I, as somebody who just covers the state and lives here, appreciated, which is that he acknowledged the state's problems with homelessness, and then laid out what exactly his administration is trying to do to fix it. Either the money that's being spent, or more specifically, some of the changes in some of the mental health treatment, um, conservatorship laws, etc. It was the first time where I think really during that debate, he sort of, you know, was was straight with, with the viewership to say like, yes, this is a problem. And here's how we're going to address it, as opposed to most times where I think he really didn't really want to engage on what are some fair critiques about what is going on in California at the moment. Um, so yeah, Maybe, maybe in terms of like scoring political points, that wasn't that moment. But it actually harkened back to what I think was one of his strongest moments in his one-on-one -on -one with Hannity a couple months ago, where when Hannity pressed him on homelessness and he said, I own that. I mean, you don't hear that.
that from politicians all that often. Um, and I think that that's, you know, a, a, a it, it makes him his credibility a little bit stronger when he can admit not everything is going perfectly in the state and he's trying to address it. Well, Beth writes, I was impressed with how Newsom seemed more grounded and less scattered than DeSantis. I appreciated that he noted California has the fifth largest economy in the world, that more people from Florida are moving to California instead of Californians moving to Florida, and that Newsom wondered how DeSantis, who wants to be president of all Americans, including those of us in California, could ship asylum seekers to California. Let me go to caller Jeffrey in Sebastopol. Hi, Jeffrey. You're on. Yeah, hi. I was primarily interested in the kind of visual aspect of the debate. Hmm. Going back to JFK versus Nixon in the um, 1960, um, it was obvious to the audience <laughs> that Nixon won the radio debate, but Kennedy won the visual debate. And the one thing that I'm concerned about with Newsom, who I think did an excellent job decrying DeSantis as the bully that he is, he did come across as across as kind of smirky, and and that smirky um, attitude kind of look is really a big turnoff, especially to the dyed in the wool conservatives who see us elitists as looking down on them. So I just hope that Gavin Newsom and his handlers um, focus on helping him develop that gravitas that JFK had, and at the same time, taking bullies by the hand and calling them out for what they are. So thank you for uh, um, considering that information. Well, well, thank you for the call, Jeffrey. It's true, Joe, no matter what people say, they listen to the debates to try to learn something substantive. They really are watching how the candidates engage their body language, how they come off, right? And based on that, what's your assessment about these two, these two men last night? Well, first of all, God, God help anyone to listen to that on the radio, because that would have been just unintelligible. Um, I, the listener is an interesting point, and I, I think neither, uh, neither governor was served by the cutaway shots of the smiling and the, and the smirking, and, and that, I, you know, if someone is, is tearing into me, I'm not going to be smiling about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, you know, be a little bit more uh, serious about it and, and show, uh, as he said, a little more gravitas about it. So, um, but there's, I, I would commend everyone to uh, Melanie's publication. Politico had a great, has a great uh, piece up right now, really, uh, from an expert on body language, uh, examining this in, in many ways. And it was, it was really a, a fun, interesting read. Um, I say, think that's something that, that Newsom can take away from this as he, and he, uh, for any, uh, I'm, I'm doing, doing my air quotes on the radio here, uh, future political runs he might have uh, running for the White House um, is, is, to, is to worry about his, his cutaway shots. Because the, the, we know that smile, that smirk, uh, but that might not play well with a lot of America. I think uh, Californians may be used to it. Some may dislike it. But uh, I don't know how well that plays, when you're, especially when you're talking about uh, deadly serious issues. Yeah. What about you, Taryn? I'm just curious because a lot has been made of DeSantis's awkward smile. And I do think that he, that was on display. <laughs> I think it was on display, but there were moments too where Newsom had a smile that kind of looked like a grimace at the same time. So I think from a body language perspective, they both have, you know, room to grow there. Um, you know, I thought it was 
overall a really interesting debate like joe said there was so much talking over one another and i think that kind of adds to that perspective of you know uh you know questioning whether they both look presidential in that moment and the way in which they were talking over each other and you know not really giving the other person space to air their views well, Wallace tweets, they were both plastic talking heads. Newsom never answered any direct question. DeSantis made good points, and Newsom was unable to contradict the fact that Californians are leaving. Crime is frustrating. Taxes are high. And police forces have their hands tied. Um, I do think that there was a strong moment for DeSantis when he was going after California on taxes. I do want to play a little bit of that from the debate. How does paying an 8% sales tax help working people. That doesn't help working people at all. Uh, They have the highest taxes in the nation. People flee to be able to save money uh, to get out of California. And you have working class people that move to these other states. Their dollars go much further. But here's the thing. They want to take this Bidenomics and they want to double down on this for the next four years. So, Taryn, do you think this helped DeSantis? Did this turn around his flagging campaign? I don't believe it did, right? I think that it provided a little bit of boost for him. I think that both of these kind of polarized bases came out of it saying that their guy won. And I think it helps both men. But I don't think based on where DeSantis is in polling, if we can believe the polling to be correct, that this is going to turn it around for him and suddenly boost him above Trump just because that is such a gulf at the moment. Yeah. I mean, Melanie, and Everybody says that's what he was trying to do with this. Is that totally right? Like that is, in fact, aligned with his main goal of actually agreeing to this debate in your view? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I think that DeSantis, it is interesting that I feel like DeSantis generally, when you're when you're watching the Republican debates, whether it seems like there's a million people on stage, he shrinks, right? It's very, he does not necessarily get a ton of speaking time. So I do think that, you know, his ability to have the one-on-one um, and, you know, it, it was kind of like this bizarro parallel universe, right? Like these are two people who we know have presidential aspirations, perhaps in different cycles and very different from the types of Republican debates that we're seeing in the primaries um, right now. But I think that one thing that, that Newsom did that I did think was kind of savvy, thinking about how, how DeSantis is still running in a Republican primary right now, yes. is in a couple instances, he attacked DeSantis from the right. He attacked DeSantis from the right on immigration. Um, he attacked DeSantis on the right on COVID, trying to say that you 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 impose lockdowns first. And what does that do? That it basically provides footage for Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, whomever to you know cut and paste and say even you know the liberal governor of um, uh, uh, of um, of California said that DeSantis was too far to the left on this issue. And so I think that there was a little bit of of four dimensional chess going on there. Yeah. Well, there were those because of the fact that he is running in a presidential primary and not doing well, that he was incredibly vulnerable, which Newsom, of course, took advantage of with, you know, a headline quote or one that's been quoted in almost every article, which is when Newsom said, when are you going to drop out and at least get Nikki Haley a shot to take down Donald Trump? I mean, that was quite, quite the singer there. Let me go next to Bill in Sebastopol. Bill, let's get your reaction to the debate last night. Yes, I had a couple of comments. I thought DeSantis used um, a graphic re- relatively effectively showing the map of San Francisco and the places where there was defecation and things. I would like to have seen um, Governor Newsom hold up a photo of Nazis burning books and bore down on that and 
you know, the, the right always is talking about freedom and calling themselves the Freedom Caucus and talking about liberty and talking about patriots. And they're not. They're 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 trying to suppress people. They're banning books, award winning books from award winning authors. Uh, it's uh, he needs to bear down on that. And yeah. and. So, Bill, you want to see more more visuals. Joe, one of the things that I wanted to see more of a discussion of, which I guess I couldn't expect from a network that did a lot to air the big lie of election fraud that led to the January 6th insurrection. But that was one thing that was not brought up a lot, was just the danger facing democracy right now, the insurrection itself. And you could hear Newsom struggling to bring that in, right? He did try a couple of times. He tried, but you're 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 not going to get that question from the uh, from the uh, moderator Sean Hannity, who is a, you know a personal friends with Trump, was communicating with them during that time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's only so much Newsom could have wedged in there. Um, to the to the caller's uh, uh, question about the poop map, which um, we uh, did a separate on a separate story on on sfchronicle.com, and we have we have covered the poop issue in in in, in far too much detail over the years. Um, that is uh, something that Newsom's going to have to live with. Uh, you know, he owns he, he, he when as a future candidate, and he's, he's felt this in his in his campaigns for governor too. He owns what goes on in the streets of San Francisco and across California, and so that's where he will own the homeless situation. He will own the the uh, the drug use situation the, in the in the fentanyl crisis. So that's uh, that was uh, something that there was a preview of his of his future, a political future on the national stage. So you think these things will haunt him? You think that even oh. though you know this is something that's happening in 2023, that if he does run in say 2028, uh, that this will follow him? He will always be, and you heard it last night. He's he was called an elite, uh, referred to as an elite person from the left-leaning uh, uh, city of San Francisco. Uh, that that will that will always be part of Newsom's biography: uh, good, bad, and indifferent. Mm. We're recapping last night's Fox News debate between California Governor Gavin Newsom and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, moderated by Sean Hannity and being called the Great Red versus Blue State debate. We're recapping it with Joe Garofoli, Garofoli, senior political writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, Taryn Luna, reporter covering Governor Newsom for the Los Angeles Times, Melanie Mason, senior political correspondent covering California politics at Politico. And with you, our listeners, what did you think of last night's debate? Did you think this helped or hurt the two men, that it was good for the state? or the country? How do you feel about how California, how Florida came off? How do you feel about Governor Newsom trying to take the national stage, perhaps because of an interest in becoming a candidate for president of the United States? 866-733-6786. Email address forum at kqed.org. We're at KQED Forum on our social channel. Stay with us. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're recapping last night's Fox News debate between our governor and Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, with Melanie Mason, Taryn Luna, and Joe Garofoli. And with you, our listeners, Sherry writes, I'm really tired of watching debates where moderators cannot control the debaters talking over one another. I think that Newsom should comport himself as a gentleman and demand that each one gets the chance to speak without the other interrupting. This could make him stand out from the Republican craziness and insult strategy. Can we please bring back decorum and integrity to politics so the American public can really truly understand the issues? Michael writes, it was painful to literally see how divided we are as a nation. That said, even watching a Hannity-hosted event, I thought that DeSantis came across as sophomoric and Newsom flirted with being perhaps a bit too glib, but naturally better spoken and with greater depth of thought. And Heather writes, it's frustrating because they spent so much time talking over each other. I wish Newsom had addressed California fuel prices by saying we have a different mix of gas to reduce pollution and we have higher taxes on gasoline, as well as saying he was suing the oil companies. I think Newsom made good points on abortion and on his strategies for the border. The San Francisco defecation map was garbage. Glad he ignored it. Would love to get your thoughts, Melanie, on whether or not Newsom you know, risks anything politically trying to showcase himself on the national stage. There have been some reports of his poll numbers starting to sag and so on. And I'm just wondering what you think about that. I mean, this is the balancing act, right, is is how much does he look like he's doing his day job versus how much does he look like, you know, cementing himself as a national figure for the party? Um, and I think that that depending on the day, the hour, um, you, people could say that he is striking or not striking that balance. I mean, I think generally that, you know, being in Georgia uh, for this debate, you know, if if, say, there was a natural disaster in California while he was gone, then perhaps we would have these conversations of like, why is the governor there? But, you know, the state seems to be like still standing today and operations continue. And I think he can say, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. I think he can also make the argument as he's trying to be this this top surrogate for the Biden-Harris campaign, that he sees the 2024 election and a Biden win as an existential necessity for the state of California. And so you can sort of unite those two, both his day job and perhaps what he wants his future job to be to say that California's values would be really under attack under a Trump presidency. So therefore, it really is his job to do as much as he possibly can to ensure that doesn't happen again. Well, Joe, so Senator John Fetterman recently accused Newsom of making a shadow bid for the White House, even though he kept denying it, right? But how do you think fellow Democrats like Kamala Harris, where he at one moment actually chided um, Governor DeSantis for pronouncing it wrong, um, pronouncing Kamala's name wrong and saying it's Madam Vice President to you. But how do you think they really feel about things like this debate about Newsom, you know, doing foreign trips to, to China and appearing very presidential? <laughs> well, he got, he got the approval from the White House to go to China, and that's something that his predecessors, Jerry Brown, has done and Arnold Schwarzenegger have done. And, and the, the, uh, on its surface, the administration does uh, appreciate him being out there and defending uh, their record because he is very articulate and he's good at it. And and let there be, you know, this this we uh, Mel and, and Tarn and I have all heard uh, this from the top uh, officials from the uh, California Republican Party and the Republican Party nationally. 
Uh, they do believe that he that Newsom is going to be the nominee. They think that there's going to be some kind of rush, at the, and they, they and we saw this aired last night. It was spoken out loud. Um, he's not. He's not running. He's not running for president this year. Um, first of all, that would be it would be very difficult to do that. Um, but you know, they they uh, and and the Biden and Harris are are very assured that he is uh, that they are going to be <laughs> the ticket that is running. So that's just a that's just a non-story. I'm sorry. That's just that's goofy. That's just uh, you know Republican uh, Twitter chatter, X chatter. Sorry. Well, Ron writes, who will benefit most from the debate? And Tara, I'm curious what you think. Who will benefit most from this debate? As I said before, I think it's split, right? I think that DeSantis was able to speak to his base, was able to connect with more Fox viewers. I think Newsom had the opportunity to brandish his image as this liberal fighter for Democrats. You know, what I'm kind of interested in, a little bit more perplexed about is what happened after the debate. We saw Newsom's camp... Um, you know, speak to Politico it was an interesting political story. Politico story today talking about how the DeSantis camp and Hannity had essentially cheated. That the props we mentioned, the uh, defecation map, was not supposed to be allowed. Um, that allegedly DeSantis could see some of the questions on a teleprompter at one point. That to me was surprising because, again, I think. Their respective bases thought that each man won, but with the narrative that the other side cheated, that sounds a little bit more like a losing narrative, and I'm a little perplexed as to why that that came out and why they pushed that. Mm. Do you have any thoughts, or would you say that there was somebody who benefited more from the debate, Melanie? I think that um, I agree with Taryn. I think that it is sort of um, depending on on who wants, you know, whatever version you're hearing, whatever sort of camp you're hearing from, they can point to various moments. Um, I do agree with Taryn that I think that the sort of second day story where it seems to be this kind of uh, working the refs, um, you know, complaining about the officials, whether whether it's legitimate or not, never really screams like I'm super thrilled with my performance. Um, so I, I agree. I find that a little bit perplexing. And I do think that that the one thing that maybe did get get a, a little bit of shine taken off of Newsom was this idea, and perhaps it was a, a naive one, that he kind of was the Fox News whisperer, that he was the Democrat that could maybe crack the code and like go into the lion's den and come out looking um, ahead. I think that he, you know, I think that he handled himself just fine in the face of Hannity's questions, but it would, was not the type of debate that I think that he was expecting based on the lead up. And so maybe that sense of, wow, News some really has cracked this code. It, it doesn't really come across so much anymore. Well, Timothy writes, they repeatedly called each other liars, which was really counterproductive. Let me go to Barry in Walnut Creek. Barry, you're on. Hey there. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, um, I, my point was that um, I, th I think when you look at the big picture, what DeSantis was trying to do, and I don't think he came across, uh, I, I definitely saw that Nixon moment that a prior, call, prior caller talked about it. He looked uncomfortable kind of fake smiles, but I think he did a really good job of trying to keep it uh, at a high level on, hey, here's what's going on in California, and, if we, and, and California leads the country in so many issues that um, if, uh, if Newsom was to be elected or something like that, you know, they're going to take a lot of things that are going on in California, and they're going to try to integrate into the country like they've always done, and I think that was the point he was trying to make over and over again, and you contrast that with what Newsom was doing whenever he was challenged he was disputing the data. So take the point of the CDC. When uh, this, the moderator pointed out 
from the CDC's data that the death rates were per capita virtually uh, the same. Uh, Newsom disputed that. He disputed, and the CDC, I think we could all say, under the, under the Biden administration, was a little left-leaning. Um, so for him to dispute it, it's almost like, I don't want to say election denier, but denying the facts. And there were a number of areas uh, on crime, same thing. Uh, the moderator is presenting facts, not from Fox News, but from, uh, from FBI and government. And again, disputed it. And then instead mm. turned around and attacked Newsom either personally or the state personally. So I was disappointed about that because I do know that he is so sharp. Uh, Governor Newman, uh, very smart, smart man. Um, I personally voted for Obama twice. I would not vote for Trump in this election, not a chance. But I think when, when you looked at DeSantis' response, he was trying to keep it at a, hey, here's what's happening. Do you want to see this go across the country? And if you do, just keep in mind, that's what's going on, and they're not solving the problem. So that was All my right. response. And I just, I just if I could just make a final point. I know it's kind of fun to say, oh, look what Fox says, look what Fox says. I personally watch all networks so I can get the full and complete story. And I think what we're seeing um, on a lot of calls like this, especially in NPR, and I'm a member, is that it's a little more one-sided, like you might think Fox was one-sided last night. So just well, Barry, some thoughts. There. I, I, thank you. Thank you for giving us some thoughts to think about. I am struck by the comment from listener Michael earlier about how what made him sad to some extent was just how far apart we seem as a country. And there was a hope that this could be an opportunity for there to be some kind of modeling of a way to talk uh, across very different perspectives of the country, very different ways of governing this country and approaches to policy. And, uh, you know, would you agree, Joe, that Polly didn't accomplish that? No, no, it did not at all. Uh, and and of course, uh, the, this this event was billed with the uh, you know guys with boxing gloves, and it was billed as a pri- almost like a prize fight. And so the, you know the, they got the, the the viewership juiced up for 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 what it was, which was a which was a was a mud wrestling uh, match for the most part. Um, and that was it was very disappointing. There was there was no uh, I don't I don't think I could recall one. One moment of what the news referred to as comedy, where we could all come together and sing kumbaya, or, or even have some kind of common language to speak with, and that was really—it was sad. It was sad and frustrating as as Americans just watching it. Um, and as far as the winner of this debate, I think the winner—you know—we'll see what the ratings are—is Sean Hannity. I mean, <laughs> he's a, Fox News is is gonna—I'm sure they, he got a huge boost in ratings uh, last night, and I think the other uh, winner is. Uh, the campaign coffers of both candidates said Newsom raised the $325,000 for Joe Biden just by leveraging this event uh, in online fundraising. We'll see what DeSantis comes up with. So I think those are those are our winners there. Yeah, there was this one moment where there was a way that Newsom articulated a response that felt very genuine. This was after the conversation on LGBT, LGBTQ plus rights and around abortion and so on, uh, where he he called DeSantis out for demeaning people. And I just want to play that. I don't like the way you demean people. I don't like the way you demean the LGBTQ community. I don't like the way you demean and humiliate people you disagree with, Ron. I really find this fundamentally offensive. And this is a um, core value. 
you could hear him getting a little emotional there, Taryn. I was wondering what you made of that moment. So I think at his core, Newsom in some ways is still a kid with dyslexia who was bullied or perhaps picked on in some ways. And I think he sees DeSantis as epitomizing that bullying behavior. He took great issue with DeSantis working to ensure that the Special Olympics athletes would not be required to be vaccinated. At the time, Newsom saw this as um, you know, perhaps a population that was among the most at risk during COVID-19. He thought a vaccine mandate made a lot of sense. He said his mother worked with the Special Olympics, and he took great issue with the fact of how DeSantis, when his mind tried to bully um, the Special Olympics into not requiring vaccines for the athletes to protect them. So I think at his core, Newsom really does view DeSantis as a bully. He still has a lot of, um, you know, feelings about bullies. And I think you saw that come out there and what was what seemed like a very authentic moment for him. And it's an idea he's kind of repeated when we've implored him to explain why he feels so strongly about DeSantis, why he's focused on him and why he's really tried to go at him over the last couple of years. We're talking with Taryn Luna of the LA Times, Melanie Mason of Politico, and Joe Garofoli of the San Francisco Chronicle. And you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Melanie, was also in that moment that I felt like through his articulation or maybe defense, as Taryn was saying, of people who have been bullied, people who are vulnerable or communities that are vulnerable, that he was articulating California values generally that maybe a Fox national audience doesn't really get to hear. Well, I certainly think that that particularly in the context of of um, of trans students, right, or trans kids um, and and medical care for for trans minors. I mean, the way that that was framed, particularly the way that it was teed up as a question to De- to DeSantis, was so kind of exactly how this conversation is talked about on Fox News, which is something where it is you know parents are being deprived their right to parent their children the way that they they that they want to, and the, you know how dare the um, the evil medical community try and come in and do this. And so, but but Newsom was able to sort of turn that around and say like these are these are 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 people who want to live you know to the full expression that they can. And who are you to say that you can't do that? And I think that that is kind of fundamentally a, a, um, a certainly a California value that has been ex- expressed through um, through our laws and through our culture out, out here. And so I think that that probably was a, a frame that Fox News viewers don't often hear. I think that they always hear the sort of side of the argument, which is that this is detrimental to the kids, detrimental to families. And Newsom was trying to highlight like, in some cases, or maybe in most cases, this is necessary care that can save these kids' lives. And so just by virtue of sort of injecting that into the conversation, maybe that doesn't necessarily change minds right away, but it perhaps just kind of adds a little bit more nuance to the conversation than is usually heard on that network. Hmm. Did any of you hear anything about the strange ending, right? It seemed like that was going to extend for a half hour. Um, and then after the break, you saw Hannity come back and say, oh, nope, we're not going to do that after all. There's been some speculation that it was actually Newsom's partner, Jennifer Siebel Newsom, who was the one who stepped in and ended it on her husband's behalf, saying they had things to do, though it was also said that Ron did not want to participate. Anyone have any intel on what happened there? I don't know if I have any intel, but thank you to whoever called it. (laughs) We were ready at that point. America was ready for it to end. Mm. Yes, I I audibly said no, as (laughs) Hannity was saying, should we keep going? And this is, I get paid to watch this. So um, I I think that, 
Um, yeah, of course, the candidates on stage had to be like, yeah, definitely. Let's keep going. But like there's nobody, nobody in their right mind would want to see that drag out, except for perhaps to your point, Joe, uh, Sean Hannity, who was loving his time sort of in the spotlight. So was there absolutely nothing then, Joe, about this debate that that did anything to strengthen American democracy? Like, was there or is there anything about what happened that, I don't know, had some kind of positive effect? Because it is such a rare opportunity, right? Well, okay. I, I, the easy question, the easy answer is no. Uh, but I think that, you know, hopefully this will encourage more, uh, if you will, cross-pollination on Fox and, and other networks. You know, if you watch any of the cable networks, it's all, it's all like, um, you know, Democrats go on MSNBC and, and the Republicans go on Fox and, and there's very few that, that cross over. I mean, uh, you know, and I, that's good for business, I imagine, but I would love to see a, 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 a more of a conversation. We're going to continue to be polarized unless we can, can, unless we can start talking to each other from the same set of facts. Yes. So maybe there is at some point some some things that we can pull you're, from this. You're, you're an eternal optimist, Nina. I don't know. There's no other way to do this job, man. So Chris tweets, it's a good thing anytime politicians are thrown into the public light. The debate itself is meaningless, but it does give people a chance to see these people up close. There should be more like this, but with more relevant content. Robert writes, one clear positive example this debate displayed was the lack of an audience. If we add a truly neutral moderator, we have the makings of a civil informative discussion. Look at my listeners coming through to share ways wow. that we can pull the positives from this moment. Oh my um, and Diane has some advice. Diane writes, why didn't Gavin say that California has higher taxes because we believe in providing services, <laughs> like supporting our education system and supporting libraries. And this listener says, I'm disappointed in the ongoing and false narrative of red states versus blue states as a divisive and disrespectful way to portray the American electorate, which I suspect is why it was an appealing way for Fox to brand the occasion, as division seems to be a key component of the network's editorial philosophy. Well, I want to thank our listeners for sharing their reflections on the debate, uh, the debate in air quotes uh, as well that I'm doing on on the radio right now. And I also want to thank uh, Joe Garfoli, Thank you so much for talking with us of the San Francisco Chronicle. Oh, thanks so much. It's always fun to be on. <laughs> Thank you, Melanie. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Mina. Melanie Politico and Taryn Luna of the LA Times. So good to have your analysis, too. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. And I want to thank Dan Zoll for producing today's segment. This Hour Forum is also produced by Caroline Smith, Mark Nieto, and Marlena Jackson-Rotondo is our engagement producer. Francesca Fenzi is our digital community producer. And Susie Britton is our lead producer. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Christopher Beale, Brendan Willard, Brian Douglas, and Catherine Monaghan. And Jim Bennett, our interns are Jericho Reininger, Emiko Oda, our vice president of news is Ethan Tovin Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Mina Kim. Have a great weekend. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. 
Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.